Um, give it up for our amazing worship team. Aren't they just golly, just amazing. I, I've been in services where this has happened. Somebody will be worshiping. I'm not going to sing because I'm not good at it. But worship, 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 worship. And then they'll do like the one-eyed holy peak. Like they'll kind of look around. You're laughing because it's true. And you'll like look around. And sometimes you get the swing and you're just open real quick just to get a good scan. Just to see if like everybody else is kind of getting it the way you're getting it. Like is, are my arms the same length as everybody else's? Like if somebody else kneels down, like, oh, I got to hit the T-bow too. Like it's all these things that you don't realize actually happens in a worship. Listen, I've, I got saved at 18 and I've been through enough church services already to know some of this stuff. So don't tell me y'all don't know it too. What you don't realize is that, you know, you, you, you worship God. You're so awesome, Jesus. I love you. And then you do that holy peak. And you see somebody else worshiping a little bit more expressive than you are. And you start to think in yourself, well, why are they getting it? Uh, why are they experiencing God more than I am? Why, why are they on their knees? Why are they, you know, shouting? Why is all these things happening? And all of a sudden you'll realize you'll get more expressive. Your hands will go higher. Your feet will go outer. You know, all these things will happen. <laughs> And it's not because God is working on the inside of you. It's just because just, just you're trying to show this person up. Well, I'll, I'll experience God more than you, you know. I'll pray harder than you. I'll underline more verses in my Bible. I'll highlight the whole Bible. You've seen Revelations? It's just yellow. <laughs> what you don't realize is that you start to serve the chip on your shoulder instead of the God of all creation. And you, you have now been locked into a prison of other people's opinions and you have stopped worrying about what God thinks. And now you're just following Jesus just to show everybody else up. I have a, I have a prayer in my life. I, I, I just tell God sometimes, like, for God, I want to follow you whether success comes or not. God, I want to follow you even if I lose everything. Because I know myself. And I have to preset that up in my life. So the I'll show you syndrome, what happens is, uh, I'll say, Derek, I'll show you. Now, what I've done right there is I've locked myself in a box, and now Derek holds the key. Yeah. And he has no idea, idea that I'm in a prison of his opinions. And if he never shows me that I've showed him, guess what? I'll stay here forever. Come on. I'll stay here forever. Well, if you don't, and this is why some of you have a bad relationship with your boss. Well, you never uh, appreciate me. You never praise me. You never do this and do that for me. It's because you're trying to show your boss that you're worth something, not, all, not realizing that if you weren't worth something, you'd be fired by now. Like, it's insane to me that, that we get on these Instagram posts and Facebook posts and I'll tweet the funniest thing and I'll get more likes and more shares than you and I'll get more hits on LinkedIn and I'll go back to MySpace if I have to and I'll do all these things to show you that I'm better not realizing that that other person probably doesn't care. It's like people who go to the gym and I'll, you know, they tear their bicep just trying to lift more weights than the other person. It's like, that person doesn't care about you. They're worried about gains, people. You'll stay locked in this box of serving God based off the chip on your shoulder left by other people's opinions. And you have to decide, is your position in life more important than the promise he has for you? You have to decide in your heart, am I going to risk social status? Am I going to risk money? Am I going to risk fame? Am I going to risk success in this lifetime based off me trying to show other people what I need to show them? Zacchaeus climbs to show other people up, but, but I'll show you what happens. 
Zacchaeus runs ahead. He gets to the spot, looks at Jesus, and leaves his insecurities and inferiorities. Why? Because all of his insecurities were based in one thing. So he leaves all of the baggage here and comes up here. And now that he's got the best seat in the house, all the moms are like, <laughs> now that he's got the quote-unquote best seat in the house, all he has to do now, all that he can do now is look down on other people. Because he left all of his insecurities down there. So what does he now have to do? What is, he, what is left for him to do? Now he's looking down on other people and he can see every single nook and cranny of every other person outside of his sphere. And what happens is Christians will try to make ourselves feel more superior than other people. And it's so, it breaks my heart. The most cliche thing, and I'm not, if anybody has done this in here, please forgive me. Um, like people who post on Facebook, like a picture of their Bible and their coffee and all that stuff. Um, that's great if you do that. That's awesome. Uh, don't, you know, like <laughs> if you have done it, don't feel like you have to go delete those posts now. But it just, it just kills me because you're trying to show everybody else how superior you are to them all because you woke up an hour earlier. Like, like do we get that? Like, oh, that, that's cool that you read the book of everything and highlighted everything and underlined everything and put little notes in the margin and all these things and you had a gourmet cup of coffee while you did it. Um, but, but how about you treat your coworkers with respect today? Like just because you left your baggage down there with all the peasants, with all the other people, doesn't mean that you get to judge everybody else just because you ran away from your problems. Like I have more respect for people who actually face their problems and get in the mess and get in the dirt and get in the bad places of life and say, you know what, I'm actually gonna face this problem. I may not fix it today, but I'm gonna start the process today. And, and if there's anybody in here today, if you're in a, a, a situation where you're trying to fix something in your life, you're trying to better yourself and you feel like you're constantly running up against a brick wall, running up against you know uh, uh, opposition, you feel like you can never get it right, just be encouraged today that Rome wasn't built in a day. That culture takes 10 years to build and to implement. And so don't worry if you're still struggling with the same old thing. Half of us are too. We all got stuff. We all got baggage. And just because you didn't leave it on the floor when you climbed the ladder doesn't mean that you're any less than anybody else in here. And even if you haven't started the process of getting rid of your baggage, be encouraged today that you can start today. Amen? It's never too late to start. It's never too late to make a difference in your life. So Zacchaeus gets up here and he ran away from all his problems. He ran away from his insecurities. He ran away from his inferior inferiorities. And guess what? People are still not showing him that he showed them. And so he's staying at the ladder while Jesus walks by. And it's funny to me that Zacchaeus feels like that's going to fix all his problems. But guess what? It just covers them up. Don't, don't think that if you put yourself above everybody else that you're going to fix all your problems. Because in a chapter uh, earlier in the Bible, Jesus is talking and he says, um, I will uh, humble the proud and exalt the humble. 
And so he teaches them that a chapter earlier, and then he gets to Zacchaeus and explains it. He shows it. Because Zacchaeus, whether he knows it or not, decides that he's going to make himself better. He's going to do all these things. I'll show them. I'll do this. I'll be better, yada, yada, yada. And what you don't realize is that when you put the entire responsibility of your attitude, of your actions, of your even salvation on yourself, you're saying that the sacrifice of Jesus was not enough for you. That, that what I've done far outweighs what you've done, Jesus. Yes, I know that you sacrificed your life on the cross, but guess what? I went to Vegas last week and it got wild. As if one night in Vegas can nullify the sacrifice of Jesus. As if all these bad decisions that you made can nullify the sacrifice of Jesus. Now listen to me. I am not making light of sin. I am just making major of my Savior. I'm just saying that what he did was enough for me, for you, for everyone in here. Because what he did far outweighs anything that we've ever done. So when you climb the tree of good works, of bad works, of religion, of do-goodisms, of, of all these things, what you're saying is that I have to get up there. It's almost like the Tower of Babel all over again. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree. He covers up his problem. He hides from the reality of what is happening. And here comes my favorite part of the story. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes to the tree and he doesn't climb up, he calls Zacchaeus down. He doesn't come and say, Zacchaeus, get down. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. For I am appointed to stay at your house today. He doesn't climb up to get him, he calls him down to where he is. And in an upside down kingdom that we now live in, where the last shall be first, that makes sense. But what's even better to me is that Zacchaeus didn't have to do anything up there to get down here. He didn't have to drop off baggage. He didn't have to get his life right in the moment. He didn't have to fix everything about him. He didn't have to, uh, uh, I give all that I've taken to the poor. No, none of that happens up here. And Jesus doesn't say, Zacchaeus, you better get your stuff right before you come down here, mister. Zacchaeus, Jesus didn't treat Zacchaeus like my parents treated me. You can get happy in the same britches you got mad at, and then you can come to me. You know, it's true. I wasn't raised in church, but I was raised in... No, I'm playing. Um, Jesus doesn't say, come down here. And get all your stuff right before you do it. No, 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 no. He says, Zacchaeus, just come down here. I want to talk to you. And this is so amazing to me. Because what Jesus does is what I feel that we should do. Is see people up high looking down on other people. See people up high where, they, where they've climbed to get away from everybody and to look down on everybody and all these things. And they prop themselves up on all these things that they thought they needed. And instead of coming and saying, hey, you need to get your life right. And then come talk to me. Jesus just comes and says, hey, come on. Come talk to me, man. And it's amazing to me that a lot of the times in the Gospels, Jesus calls us to face-to-face -face encounters before he fixes the problem that's plaguing us. When you look at Lazarus, one of Jesus' best friends, 
Jesus didn't, he heard about Lazarus and how he was dying and he waited three days before he got there. Then when he gets there, he doesn't go immediately to the grave. He talks to Mary, he talks to Martha, he hangs out for a little bit. And then finally, when everybody's quiet, when everybody's, you know, shushed up, he gets to the grave and guess what he does? He cries. That's the only Bible verse I've memorized. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Got one. He cries. And there's a lot of theology you can get into. Well, he was plagued by the human condition and all these other things. And what, what I see is that Jesus was mourning the loss of his friend first before he was going to fix anything. He knew he was going to fix everything. He knew everything was going to be all right, but that didn't negate or nullify the pain that he was currently in. Even, even Peter, when Jesus is walking on water and he calls him out there, the, the boat was in a storm. They were making headway painfully, which means they weren't getting very far. And Jesus is walking across the water at night. And Peter sees him and they think it's a ghost. And they're like, oh gosh. And, and he calls out, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. And, and Jesus is like, come on, homie. And, and, and so Peter's walking out on the water. And if you, if you speed read past it, you'll, you'll miss it. He's walking out on the water, sinks. Jesus picks him up, and they're walking back to the boat. They finally get back in the boat, and that's when the Bible says, and the wind and the waves were calm. I'm telling you this much right now. If I was Peter, and I was walking on water, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, you can make this a whole lot easier right now. Like, does that, does that make sense to anybody else but me? Like, Jesus, hey, can you chill this wave out for a little bit? Like, I'm trying to get to you. But, but Jesus doesn't do that. Why? You know, he's, he's hanging out at Bucky's for three days before he gets down to, the, to Lazarus to help him out. And then when Peter's walking on the water, he doesn't even calm the storm. And he's better than any meteorologist there is out there. Um, and, and he just lets him struggle. He doesn't fix the situation immediately. But it doesn't change that he's there for them in the moment. Zacchaeus didn't fix his situation immediately. He waited till Jesus got to his house with Zacchaeus' friends. Come on. Y'all know some of y'all? I know some of my friends. Zacchaeus was surrounded by his friends with Jesus there. And that's when he said, Jesus, I give back everything that I've taken. Showing a heart transformation. When Peter gets back to the boat and the waves and the wind recedes, that's when they were amazed and they started to worship. When Jesus brought Lazarus out of the grave, that's when everybody was calmed down and everything was good. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Sometimes Jesus shows up just to be. And how much does it build your trust to say, you know what, I'm going through something. I've got a trial right now. I've got something that's, that's plaguing me. But guess what? Jesus is with me in the storm. And when an unbeliever looks at you uh, uh, freaking out and everything's going crazy and you say, you know what? Everything's crazy right now. My life isn't great. My kids aren't great. My marriage isn't great. Everything on the outside looks terrible. But I can tell you this, that even though I'm going through a storm, Jesus is in my boat. And I know as long as he's in my boat, as long as he's at my grave, as long as he's with me at the tree, I'm going to be okay. Because Jesus doesn't want to be an on-call mechanic. He doesn't want to be a plumber in your life. He doesn't want to be the doctor you always call when you're sick. No, he, he does want to do all those things for you. My, my dad, um, he's, he's awesome. He's a mechanic. And um, I'm not, for lack of a better word. And so 
I, my, my car has been going strong for like six years now. It's paid off, and you will catch me in that blue car until the wheels rot off. <laughs> and every single time I call him about something that's wrong with my car or something's happened, hey, Dad, can you help me out? He never comes to me saying, well, hey, did you check the oil? What did, did you change this? Did you rotate the tires on time? Did you do all this maintenance work that you were supposed to? He never calls me about that. He never asks any questions. He just says, you know what? I'll be there. And how much better? If your earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much better does your heavenly father give good gifts? And it's not that he's going to come to you when you're, yeah, go ahead and give him a clap of praise. It's not that... It's not that Jesus is going to come to ask you, well, hey, how did you get yourself in this mess? Hey, what were the decisions you made on the way up here? Hey, how did you, how did you end up in this tree, Zacchaeus? He doesn't ask him that. He just says, you know what? I've got an appointment to meet with you, and I know just meeting with me will change your whole life. So Jesus gets to the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. And the Bible says he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. And it's Jesus' desire to meet face-to-face with every single human being intimately in an encounter. And the tree was the one thing that was not allowing that. Now what, and this is a great story, and you can leave it right there and say, you know what, God, you're awesome. But what you don't realize is that while Zacchaeus is climbing his tree, Jesus knows that in about a week he's going to climb his own tree. And, and so Zacchaeus climbs to judge the world. Jesus climbs to free the world. Yeah. G- Zacchaeus climbs because of his inferiority complex and his human condition, while Jesus climbs not because he did anything wrong, but because he's taking on the world's condition. You see, the tree was not just a tree. It's a picture of the cross. And when Jesus gets to the tree, he sees human's effort to save itself. And knows that that's not good enough. That's not enough. You're climbing, but in your climbing, you've dropped your baggage, but you haven't picked up anybody else's. You haven't taken on anybody's sin. You haven't done anything to help anybody else. In fact, you're up there judging everybody else. So Zacchaeus is up on the tree that rightfully, done rightfully, but Jesus is going to take it, belongs to Jesus. And he says, you know what? Zacchaeus, come down. Now, here's the deal with, this, with this, this story. That was the last time Jesus would walk through Jericho. So Zacchaeus has this one moment, this Kairos moment in life where it can change everything. And Jesus comes to the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down. And Zacchaeus, in that moment, has to decide... Am I going to die with my insecurities and my inferiorities that I want to cover up in my life? Am I going to die here where nobody can see what's wrong with me? Or am I going to make the painful decision to come down? And every step that he took when he was coming down off the tree was an insecurity that was coming off of him. Because guess what? Every step down meant every step he was getting closer to Jesus. And I can tell you this. You may not be at the top of the tree right now. You may be on a branch. But guess what? Can you take one step down today? 
You may not get to the bottom right now, but if you can just take one step down today and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not ready to drop this baggage yet, but I'm dropping this one. And I know if I just keep on going, if I just keep on trucking, if I can have the race that you have set out for me, I know that I will get there someday. See, it's not all about instantaneous results. Zacchaeus got the instantaneous result, but I'm sure there was some walking out among the people that he had done wrong. See, Zacchaeus climbed the tree of comparison, but Jesus climbs the tree of compassion. Is climbing for himself, getting away from his problems, getting away from his stuff getting away from all the things that he wants to leave behind. While, Jesus, while Zacchaeus is climbing his tree, Jesus knows that in a week he's going to climb his own tree. And he's not climbing to judge. He's not climbing because of a condition on the inside of him. He's climbing because he knows that there is no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus. And he sacrifices himself on the tree. Now the decision you have to make tonight, today, I'm used to preaching at night, sorry. The decision you have to make today is are you going to die up here or are you going to let Jesus take your place? Are you going to stay stuck in your insecurities and your inferiorities and your, I can make it, I can do it, Jesus? No, you can't. You are no match for sin. You by yourself are no match. Trust me, everybody here has tried. And in an upside down kingdom, it's not about striving, it's about letting go. I'm not going to let go, I promise. It's about letting go and say, you know what, God? I can't do it on my own. I can't make it on my own. I'm not good enough. And there is freedom in knowing that you can't do it your own. You can't do it by yourself. If you could have conquered sin by now by yourself, you would have done it. But you can't. I'm not saying that to beat you up. I'm saying that because Jesus already did. Don't try and crucify yourself on the tree when Jesus already offered it up to you. Free. That's free, but it wasn't free to him. So we understand the sacrifice that he made. But if you live your life up here, you're saying that that sacrifice wasn't good enough. You're saying that, you know what, Jesus, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. And I can promise you, he does. I don't, but he does. Now, you're, if you've been in church long enough, you know that, hey, this is the part where we're about to leave and go eat some Mexican food. But like Chad was saying, can we just stay in this moment? Can you ask yourself today, am I sitting up on a tree of religion? Am I sitting up on a tree of, of good works, of bad works, of, of myself and my ethics and my morals? And I can lift my hands higher than anybody else. And I can sing all the songs and I can do all these things. Are you sitting up on that tree? Are you in the same place as Zacchaeus where you're trying to cover up and you come up here every day, or not every day, but every week with a smile painted on your face and a good cup of coffee in your hand and you've already met all the smiling people that welcomed you in and, and you're feeling good because you feel like you can make it through the service. I'm not asking you to just make it through the service. I'm asking you to experience this service. I'm asking you to experience what Jesus has for you. Are you willing to come down in front of everybody else? Because when it says that Jesus got to the tree, the crowd didn't leave him. 
The crowd was still with him. In fact, the next verse says that when, when Jesus asked Zacchaeus to his house, they're like, oh, a tax collector, a sinner going, you know, Jesus is going to eat with a tax collector. Yes, he is, because he loves him. But the biggest part of this story is that Zacchaeus came down in front of everybody else. He came down and he embraced his insecurity. He came down and he embraced his inferiority. He came down and he embraced the parts of him that he had tried to hide for so long because guess what? He knew that when he came down, he could be a new creation. And those insecurities don't follow newness. Those inferiorities don't follow newness. Those things that you have tried to hold back and push aside, they are done and gone. And I can tell you this much, that if you embrace what Jesus has done for me, for us, for everybody on this earth, you can understand that, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Hey, it's okay. We've all been there. So if you could, just go ahead and bow your head with me. Close your eyes. Nobody looking. Like, like Chad said, let's just stay in this moment. Let's see what Jesus has for us. This might be the Kairos moment like Zacchaeus had, where this is your one shot, that this moment could change everything. What if this moment right now could change your life, could change your marriage, could change your finances, could change everything that you've been trying to change on your own for your entire life? What if this moment and the internal war on the inside of you of whether I'm gonna step down or I'm gonna climb down in front of everybody, that's okay. Listen, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to tell you that your decisions got you to where you're at. We're just here to tell you that Jesus is good, that his love endures, that his mercy is new so every blessed. day, and it is available to you today and in this moment. Come on, if you just need to come down for your tree, can you just lift your hand? I don't need to know what your tree is. I don't need to know what you've tried to prop yourself up to make you seem more superior than other people. I don't need to know all those things. I just need to know that you're ready to trust Jesus. That you're ready to do what he's asked you to do. Awesome. I'm going to pray real quick. We want to remind you that the altars are open. That we have uh, altar workers all around uh, this worship center that are ready to pray with you. Ready to pray a prayer of agreement. We have communion ready for you uh, to take the body and the blood of the Lord. If you just line up over here through uh, by sections 1 and 2, we can serve you in, the, in, in communion. Prayer. I just want us all to stand up and worship God together for what he's done, for what he's doing. So, Father, I thank you right now for every man, woman, and child, God, that you do something in their life right now, God, that this is a Kairos moment in their life, God, that you show them they don't have to prop themselves up anymore. They don't have to make themselves seem more of superior than other people, God, that you are enough for them. God, I ask that you take away every I'll show you syndrome and we cast it away, God, never to come back. God, for every person who feels like they have to prove something, God, we thank you that you show them they, that you are enough.